just to give you some stats, right? Like even if you end up doing one coffee in a week, that's meeting almost 45-50 people in a year. And even if 10 end up becoming a part of your inner circle, that can just be life-changing. And why I'm so confident about it is because I've personally first-hand seen people negotiate better, get better salaries, move out of toxic jobs, just have great female friendships. And, you know, I think it also becomes tough. The older you grow, it's very tough to, like, make friends. But I've seen that firsthand, right? And, yeah, I just think it's high time. Ragini Das is the co-founder of Leap Club, a community-led professional network for women that enables its members to connect with new people, provide them with the tools that emphasize the right connections, constant learning, development, and access to the right opportunities. And what we just heard from Ragini, I found very interesting because it's breaking something like networking down into these very doable pieces. So if you have one coffee a week over an entire year, that means that you have created so many opportunities to build your network. And even if 10 of those give back to you in some way, that means that you are building your network. Now, sometimes networking can seem a bit intimidating and very official. But Aditi, how do you think we kind of break this down? You know what? I just loved what she said and then you said about what she said, okay? Because <laughs> because a woman's work is never done, right? I mean, now you really think about it. I'm like, okay, great. I have to go to work. I have to come back. I have to like take care of the house. And then now I have to go networking. Like I, just the yeah. thought of it is making me like want to take a nap, right? <laughs> But when you break it down into the form of one coffee a week, I'm like that one coffee a week is the kind of time I spend doing things that I don't even want to do a lot anyway. Uh, And breaking it down actually kind of makes it sound cool. Like I'm like, yeah, I'll do one coffee a week for 50 weeks. That's not intimidating at all. Well, and I also think it's about doing things that seem fun, you know, like it doesn't have to be... Like the formal, here is my perfectly pressed business card that I hand to you with both hands at this awkward, like event that we are all here to network specifically for. Yeah. You know, I think that it can be, like you said, you go out for a coffee, do a trek, you know, go for a walk, do all of these different things. And actually women are very good at forming these bonds. We're very good at building relationships. So if networking is that, that makes it seem a lot more doable. Yeah. I see. Yeah, you know what the thing that reminded me is in like most networking events, it's so awkward because it's loaded with like every interaction is loaded with intention of like what can you do for me, what can I do for you, what can you do. So when you strip it away of that context, it sort of removes the pressure of the intention, and then of course gives you know as women, as you said, we form emotional connections faster than we do you know, any other kind. And it removes that intention and allows emotion or genuineness to flow. Yeah, totally. Like there's something very intangible with networking where you are going to put your time out into the universe and dedicate some time. And you don't exactly know when it will come back to you. You know, it could come back tomorrow. It could come back in one year. It could come back to you in five years, something that is opportunity that comes back or an angle that you never even expected. This is incredible Hindi saying, which is Neki kar darya mein dal. So it is like do a good deed and then throw it away into the river. All expectations mm. of returns. And I think that that's what it is. Like, you know, networking or getting, and I hate saying networking, but it's, 
I mean, it is networking. It's like going out to meet people, you know, offering someone something or even putting your own like request into what you want out into the universe is your way of doing a favor to yourself. And then once you do that favor to yourself, darya medal, like let it go, <laughs> and it will come back to you, as they say on you know those posters in cheesy uh, card shops, gift shops, where they're like, if you love something, let it go. If it comes back, yeah, it was meant to be. <laughs> If it doesn't, go back and network with it again. <laughs> and it will come back in some form or the other. I love that. I love that. Well, I know we're both very excited to bring Ragini on. So let's get her in. Ragini, 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 thank you so much for joining us on Women in Labor. We are absolutely thrilled to have you here. We are going to be talking about something today that um, I think is a self-confessed weak point for every woman out there. In fact, I think now I take kind of like a certain pride in being crap at networking. <laughs> and you literally are sort of, your whole focus is on this very uh, terrifying aspect of being a woman in the workforce, which is dun, 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 dun networking. Apparently, they don't care about my musical talents on this show. <laughs> um, so how come? Why? What happened? Tell us. You know, I, I get this question so much. Like, what happened? Like, did something happen? <laughs> did some man do anything? But let me give you a little backstory. Club, which is this uh, professional community of women that I run, it started off as something that both my co-founder and I, and we used to work at Zomato back then. This was almost two and a half, three years ago. We used to keep talking about it. And that was how professional networking, Aditi and Christina, was extremely broken. And this is true across sectors. It's true across age groups, domains, geographies. Like, imagine if I was working at Zomato, I would get messages on LinkedIn like, ma'am, my dal has spilled. Please send me a biryani and stuff like that, right? Like, that's how terrible <laughs> messages I would get. And I remember even during our research and, and, you know, we used to keep talking to other people and this was very gender agnostic we would talk to people and we would try to find out that is it just us do we feel like this is absolutely cluttered or do more for people think the same right so we ended up speaking to i remember almost 300 350 people and we asked them what they do for their professional growth what is it that they need and i think during these conversations a lot of things stood out right like people spoke about a bunch of things they spoke about no access to executive coaching. They spoke about the need to be mentally happy in the workplace. They spoke about the need for more role models, the need for more sponsors at the workplace. And another very important thing stood out for me, and that was how passionately women spoke about the lack of everything. And I think personally <laughs> for me, that was my push. The more you grow into leadership roles, you realize how less the number of women there are for you to look up to, right? There aren't enough role models, there aren't enough advocates, there aren't enough sponsors. And in fact, as someone who's growing up and when you're way younger and when at least I was way younger, which was back in the day, I also realized that there was this absolutely misplaced pride in being the only girl in the room or being the youngest girl in the room and misplaced being the key word. Right. So, yeah, I think literally after spending a few years in the organization, I started taking keen interest in meeting people. 
outside of my domain, outside of my industry. In fact, some of those very early chats actually translated into mentorship later, into fundraising later for Leap. So I just, I think firsthand saw how important that was. Every company I know picks a TG, right? Like if you're an ed tech, you pick say a certain age group or you if you're a cred, you pick like a strata of society or whatever. We decided to pick a gender and India has more than 1.3 million women, Christina, for your reference, who earn more than 10 lakhs a year. They pay their taxes. They're on their way to leadership positions. And our mission is to help them get there. And more importantly, stay there because the staying is something that no one's doing anything about. I also understand and I get this a lot like, oh, this is just part of the problem and there are so many problems to solve. But I'll be honest, Aditi, I think, and you'll know this as an Indian woman, I think if there is any chance of someone actually succeeding, it is exactly these women, right? So the drop-off has to stop. And yeah, I think today we're just picking our battles, but, and that's what our mission is. It's, It's more women in leadership positions. We're hoping to influence three major aspects of someone's professional life. One being connections and network. (laughs) The second being learning and development, which we've just started work on. And the third is jobs and opportunities, which is something we'll dabble into very, very soon. Wow. Yeah, I I have to say that this is, I mean, I I honestly, I think you're also one of the first few groups, uh, because when I was doing my research for this interview, I realized that there aren't too many organizations or groups that are committed to First of all, the progress of women in the workforce and then the retention of women in the workforce, which is crazy considering our entire sort of economy and all like our entire labor market is, you know, bring us a recommendation from someone. Someone's dad knows someone who knows someone who will somehow get a job or like, what's your last name? I'll give you the same job. The fact is that so many of our jobs come from the networks we exist in. And then yet it is only now that there are certain places like uh, Leap that are focusing on this. And why do you think women have conventionally been left behind or have not been able to flourish that much in the networking aspect of business? So I think multiple reasons and and without getting too many into the problem, I think there's the society, in fact, makes us think that there is always one seat at the table Hmm. and one woman is going to get it and that is absolutely not the case I think there are so many seats there are as many seats in the room are the number of seats a woman can take and I think we just need to voice this better I think we all need to be better allies I keep talking about how the world needs a hundred more leaps and we need a hundred more leaps to flourish and I think my larger learning and I do this day in day out we've spoken to almost 20-25,000 women in the last two years And this is just in India. And I think what I've realized and what I've learned, which I guess I didn't know two years ago, was everyone doesn't want the same thing. Everyone wants very, very different things in life. And I think on top of my head, from a mid to senior woman's perspective, I think what I've realized is they just want meaningful work. They want work that will give them meaning. They want work that will give them joy. And they want work that will give them financial success at the same time. And it's never one thing or the other. And personally, even for me, right, I think a big part of Leap is a paid community. And I'm very clear about the fact that this is not social charity, especially in India. Every time you talk about women and women in the workplace and, you know, a mission like ours, it's always put in this bucket of, oh, this is social charity, but we're not that at all. 
and I think uh, even when I talk to other women who are in their late 30s or they're in their early 40s, right, they, they operate in a very focused manner. Work, family, all these things are very important priorities, which also means that the time to network or time to do everything else is extremely discretionary. It's extremely shrunk. So they want to, however, obviously still invest in relationships. They want to invest in meaningful friendships. They want to invest in having mentors as well. But finding and learning from the right folks who come with the right experience, right age group, maybe very different companies, very different industries, that becomes extremely important. And for the slightly younger folks, I think just the fact that there aren't enough role models, etc., they want to learn from women who've been there, who've done that. And I think for them, mentorship, which is another very abused word, but that becomes extremely, extremely important. But I think just to answer your question, I think networking has this baggage, uh, and I'm just talking from a woman's perspective. But for me, I think networking is something that needs to bring out the best in you, right? It's something that you have to enjoy doing. It can't be done as a task. It can't be done as a checklist that, oh my God, now I have to do this. And I think another beautiful thing that has struck out for me is in the last two years, more than anything else, networking is not going to a conference and giving your card. You can go trekking with someone. You can go and work out of a work with someone. You can get a nice coffee or dinner if you're me. But it's not about those typical networking events where you're just going around like distributing cards and just coming back home and being like, oh my God, did I just waste three hours, right? And I think having said all of that, I also feel experience industry age agnostic making time for it more and more has become so important it's like investments you always wish you started it sooner because I think the days of your bosses building your careers etc is long gone and it's just time for us to shape our own careers here's a question what's the funnest thing you've done that's turned out to be like networking so I actually go for football with my Leap crew every second Sunday. I don't do it as networking at all. Hmm. Uh, but I have done partnerships via that. Uh, hmm. I have a very, very close friend who I end up getting breakfast with now uh, once in a while. I have also, it wasn't fun, but I actually almost three, four months ago, I put out a post saying that, you know what, I want to give back and I want to mentor at least three, four girls in a month, because that's the maximum I can take at this point, I ended up hiring one of them. So I think it never comes from a place of, I want this. It always comes from a place of, you have to give first. I have to wake up and go for that football class on a Sunday and and, and these friendships come out of it or other professional equations come out of it. I think for me, it's just never been agenda driven. In, in this case, I was like, okay, great. Let me go and say hi to Christina and Aditi. And you never know what happens in, you know, five years later, we're connecting about something else. So, yeah, I think it's it's just something that you have to do and and not get into the, oh, my God, now I have to do this. And how is this going to be? And just don't overthink it. Just just do it. That is sound advice. I wonder, too, you know, like networking and these relationships are so tied to getting opportunities. And, you know, for example, in startups, getting funding things like that, you know, these relationships become important. I'm wondering if we can just take a step back and if you can give me an overall picture of in the startup and fundraising scene, how much is going to women-led startups and teams? And do we see any change there? Start with, I hope to God we do. But I think <laughs> fundraising for a woman-led startup is a nightmare. 
but you know what's worse it's pitching a product that's made for women to a room full of vcs who are in my case mostly all men i think the latest stats globally obviously say that women raise 2% of the total equity that was raised india is a extremely shameful 1.6% of that pie and all of these problems apart i think let's actually talk about what is really breaking where are the opportunities and what are the solutions right i think this is something that we all know about but how are we changing this and that's exactly the narrative we like to take at leap also and i think i've realized and i'm a part of a lot of these founder groups even within leap outside of it and i realized that number one it's education for a lot of us that's what's missing and what i mean by that is not which college you went to or are you an mba or no but what's a vc fundable business what is not how do you prep a pitch deck what do you say but more importantly what do you not say how do you find the right resources how do you find the right angels do you even need to raise funds or do you not need to i think it's not the only answer there there are people who are bootstrapping and killing it and like we're raising a community led round so there are very different ways of doing this but is vc for you is it not for you is something that i think a lot of us struggle with i'll be very honest my co-founder had raised funds in the past and he'd done a startup in the past etc so i maybe got lucky but if i was on my own i had no co-founder i would pretty much be starting like okay where do i go who do i go to how do i start this um the second one i think for me is just better networks and better conversations i'm a massive and i don't want to sound like uncle varuku but i'm a massive <laughs> believer of bold and cold reach outs i think it's a big part of networking um and it also comes with a lot of giving and not just taking like i said number 3 extremely in this case focused lnd opportunities ji what is lnd opportunities learning and development uh, opportunities sorry and i think a very important point which i just realized over the last year was fueling the other end of the ecosystem so this is founders right but why don't we have more female angels there are 10000 angel investors in india we have less than 100 women in that pool i think same by the way goes for the venture capital ecosystem we have lots of women in these funds and stuff like that but they're not even a part of the investment teams so i'm not even pitching to women they're doing marketing they're doing hr they're doing everything but they're not a part of the team that has the decision making capacity to even should we invest or no and even for us and i was talking about this community led round we had 13 members participate in our last round which makes us an extremely proud women heavy cap table we have more than 50% representation of women a lot of them were first time investors and even this time we're on the verge of closing our round don't know when this is releasing but uh, we're raising another million and uh, this is some part of it is also community led and so many first time investors which i can proudly say actually also comes from the leap community so yeah i think it's both ends of the ecosystem which just need to do better i guess wow that's amazing and also discouraging many times on women in labor i am encouraged by the progress you have made and then discouraged by when we pull back and look at the overall picture like when you said globally 2% of funding goes to women and india 1.6 like that is the same ballpark you know so it shows that everywhere around the world this is something that is significant 
I also kind of want to hear your story about what it's like to pitch as the one woman in the room to an entire board of dudes. Can you tell us about those situations? Mixed experiences. And I think without taking names, I, I just want to say that uh, if you asked me year one, I was just like, they don't get it. Oh my God, how can they not be so passionate about it and this and that. And it used to really bother me. It used to really keep me up at night, right? Because I'm sorry, but they just don't get it. I think they're stuck in the same question of, okay, how big can this be? Will women even invest in their professional growth? I've heard shit like you're building for the two-tier population in India, whatever the hell that means. You know what I mean? So I think in year one, it used to really anger me. Year two, I became smarter. I started going to women. I started going to people who understand what we're building. And this is patient capital. This is not something that's going to give you a hockey stick growth. We're not that business at all. And our lead investor is a group of women. The lead investor, Enzia Ventures, she was also a member first. So I think that validation for me is more than enough. And I think I've just realized that these are people I want to work with. And these are people I don't, right? And you can't make everyone happy. <laughs> You're not chocolate. <laughs> Ooh, nice. That's a great quote. <laughs> That's a great quote. You know, you said this thing actually and um, it really resonated with me. When you said, when you would go to these rooms and then they'd be like, yeah, well, you're selling to a tier two market size of, you know, why don't you expand it out and also sell bangles and sarees and... And the fact that you decided to hone in and stay honed in. And the fact is, I mean, in India, fortunately or unfortunately, any market, even if it's that small from that far, is still huge numerically. What yeah. gave you the confidence to stay on course? What made you stay on par with what you started out doing? It wasn't easy, Aditi. It wasn't easy at all. I had six months of just doubting what I'm even building at one point, right? But I think for me, what really, really keeps me going is just the sheer amount of member love. We have a website. It's called love.leap.club. And you will see how people's lives have changed. People have walked out of horrible marriages. People have found jobs. People have moved from law to sales. People have found podcast buddies. People like me get coffee with other founders. We play football together. So I think the amount of social and professional impact uh, that I think Leap has had on people's lives is something that really, it just made me feel like this is not going to be there if I just tomorrow, let's assume, random example, open for men, right? And I think the impact is something that we chase every day. Another thing that works for us is we are revenue first, right? It's the toughest cookie to pick. It's the toughest battle to pick in a country that's going after Bharat and like great Daos and great Maos and all of that. So I think as impatient as both me and my co-founder are, I think this is one thing that we're extremely clear about is not changing at Leap. And of course, we will change lanes. We will change course. We have changed what our you know product looks like. We moved from app to web. We've done all of that. But I think what doesn't change is our mission and what doesn't change is the kind of impact that we want to make in people's lives. You know, I loved, I loved when you were like, let's not forget, we are a revenue first company. Um, I, I think that is the most incredible, powerful thing you have said on this chat so far. And you have said a lot. It's so, so powerful because, you know, especially because you said this is not a social service. And yeah. whenever women of a certain, like, I know that whenever I do, like, uh, you know, whenever I'm doing shows and stuff, Women's Day, for the first four years of my career, I used to do all shows free. 
बिकॉज दे वुड कॉल एंड बी लाइक देखो ना वीमेंस डे है अगर आप नहीं हंसाओगे तो बेचारी औरतें तो डिप्रेशन में चली जाएंगी एंड आई वुड बी लाइक वॉटर यू नो आई एम जस्ट नोबल आई एम गुन विन द नोबल पीस प्राइज फॉर डूइंग फ्री शोज ऑन वीमेंस डे and the fourth year is when i you know i had a manager and everything and i started charging money and i was like wait i just made more money in one day than i did in the previous 3 months of the year um how do we stop being nice to our own detriment yeah so i think again right it's tricky right and i want to be honest about the fact that it is tricky and you know for all the times that i've said yes take out time for it take out time for it i think in the same breath i think i've learned that sometimes we also have to be careful about our time for example i don't accept random let's collab type of requests and we get the slot right like let's explore synergies let's just get coffee let's just do all of that nonsense on like twitter linkedin everywhere i definitely prefer set agendas but not from a very full take take attitude right if it's worth your time and you're charging please go ahead and charge make that money girl If you want to do it free of cost it's also okay too. There are times you'll have to charge money for a few things there are times you will not. For example I mentor people I'm not going to take money for it right because like there were people who did that for me and for me it's just one way of giving back but if you expect me to do a campaign then I mean I've built this I've spent 10 years building this right so so mm-hmm. it is worth something. So that was one and I was actually listening to a podcast by this duolingo co-founder sometimes we just feel like okay let me just give a date for two months later or three months later and stuff mm. like that but i think he said he has this very simple rule he says if i will pick up and do this tomorrow only then will i give a date for two months later so if you are busy tomorrow you will also be busy two months later so don't think of it as oh two months later i'm going to be free so then i'm going to do it the two months later never happens right if it's priority if it's delta if it's going to help you a lot you will take out time to do it so i think i try to do that a little bit now don't know if i'm successful and and i also feel like conserving your energy is extremely extremely important cuz fatigue is very very real you know what i mean and i think just taking out time for yourself and knowing your worth at all times is important and like i said earlier Sometimes if you feel like doing it do it don't over calculate it don't overthink it that sometimes i also feel we are young enough and have a long long way to go so yeah let's just do whatever we can and and the day we don't want to we don't do it don't overthink it just do it or don't do it oh don't overthink it is just rule of life <laughs> <I feel. laughs> well done well done I wonder too um if we can talk a little bit about we talked about some of the positive aspects of networking some of the places where you need to put boundaries up and guard your time one thing that we think a lot about at women in labor is how we can be most helpful for opening up opportunities for other women and it sounds like that's something that is absolutely reflected in leap club and part of that is that networking can be a great way to access opportunities but it also means that it can silo you into a specific type of space like a social space or an economic space or an education space and by siloing what we don't want to do is exclude other women so whether that's always networking with people who are from the same college from the same city from the same background you know from the same strata 
How do you think we can make sure that we don't get stuck in a silo? How can we help open those opportunities up to the most women as possible? Yeah, interesting question. And honestly, like sometimes it's difficult, but let me just share uh, what I know and what I feel sometimes is at least in our control, because in most cases, some things maybe are not in our control, right? So I think just from a very controlled point of view, I think what I spoke about earlier was just shameless, cold reach outs. And I think don't keep it vague becomes extremely important. I think be very clear about why you're reaching out, why you'd like to connect, but also what you can offer and where you can help. And I think just when I talk about women who maybe don't have the same opportunities as us, I think giving back here, uh, especially for people who are in the position too, I think that becomes extremely important. I mean, for us, it's 30 minutes maybe. But for them, it could be life changing, right? So I think be okay with that meeting, be okay with that chat and networking as they always say, and it's pretty cliche, but it's true. It is about giving first, right? So I think in whatever way you can, doesn't matter what school they come from, doesn't matter what college they come from, doesn't matter what family background they come from. My dad was in the Indian army, but I shamelessly reached out to say an Ankur Varuku and Suchita and all these amazing people who were kind enough to give me time when I was a 27, 28 year old, nothing who was just, you know, quitting her job to start up. Like I would say a lot of people in the country. Right. Uh, but I just feel for them, it was just that one meeting. But for me, I think I will always hold them in such high regard. And for me, because they took out time for me, it becomes that much more important for me to take out time for other people and for other, especially women who want to, maybe startup or in whatever shape and form I can help. And yeah, I think just making time for your own professional growth, because and just to give you some stats, right? Like even if you end up doing one coffee in a week, that's meeting almost 45, 50 people in a year. And even if 10 end up becoming a part of your inner circle, that can just be life changing. And why I'm so confident about it is because I've personally firsthand seen people negotiate better, get better salaries, move out of toxic jobs, just have great female friendships. And, you know, I think it also becomes tough. The older you grow, it's very tough to like make friends. But I've seen that firsthand, right? And I think uh, one common misconception also is on introverts that, oh my God, networking is only for extroverts and all of that. And I just feel introverts make the most interesting one-on-one conversations because they're such good listeners, which I'll be honest, sometimes I'm not. (laughs) And I speak to so many women saying that, oh my God, this is very overwhelming for me, or this is too intimidating for me that, you know, I I can't go out and talk to so many people, then do it one-on-one. But I think just for all of us to take out time and for everyone else to just do that one reach out and just ask for help is all that it's going to take. And I think if you're a woman who is listening to this and don't know where to start, there is, of course, Sleep.club. We have 8,500 women who are making connections, they're making friends, they're joining micro-communities, they're doing experiences together, right? They're investing in L&D together, they're learning things from, like, industry leaders. So there's just so much happening. I just feel there are opportunities. There is no better time than right now to start investing in this. And, yeah, I just think it's high time whether you come with privilege or not, you just need a solid internet connection and people will take out time to help you. 
Ragini, thank you so much for joining us. It's been wonderful to talk to you and learn more about Leap Club and learn more about how we can all broaden our opportunities. I love what you said about trying to do one reach out a week. I think that that's really a good and inspiring piece of guidance. So thank you very much. Yeah, you're a fire. You're a little bit of a live fire. I love it. What a good time. What a good time. What a good time. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us, Ragini. Thank you. It was great fun and I'll see you all very soon. For more information on the podcast, please visit womeninlabor.com or search for Women in Labor on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook. Women in Labor is made by Executive Producers Christina McGilvery, Aditi Mittal and Laura Quinn. Head of Production May Miriam Thomas. Senior Producer Devita Oberoi. Chief of Staff Priya Kapoor. Marketing Director Mania Sachdeva. American Center Team Joy King, Purva Jassi, Min Jong Bey, and Radhika Sundar. Junior Producer Niketana Kamal. Junior Editor Yash Hirve. Mix Engineer Karthik Kulkarni. This podcast is generously supported by a grant from the American Center New Delhi. The opinions, findings and conclusions are those of women in labor and do not necessarily reflect those of the United States Department of State.